And today we're going to talk about revival. How many of you have heard about revival in the last month or two? Yeah. I can, I can sense that God's pouring out his spirit. He's doing something. And uh, yes, amen. Let it come here. And, uh, and so today I just want to preach just a simple message about where is revival? You know, we've, we've heard on the internet, we've heard on social media that there's a revival right now in, in Asbury University at the Hughes, yes, at the Hughes Hall. And uh, the Lord is just pouring out his spirit there. And, and it's amazing. Like I see these videos and these live streams of what's going on and reports of what's going on in there. And, and uh, if you don't know what the Asbury Revival is, it started on February 8th. It's in Wilmore, Kentucky at a university. It's a Methodist university. And uh, yes, thank you, Lord. And, from, and out of that has started other universities, revivals on their campuses too. And uh, like I said, I know God is doing something amazing. But it's lasted for now 18 days, 24 hours a day. God's moving. And like I said, we've seen it all over social media. We've seen it on the news outlets. And, uh, and people are getting excited. There's a buzz about it, you know. And, and this is the thing is I've seen other people that I know that have gone down there and, and saw it and said, you know, there's a lot of... A lot of people that are saying, well, this isn't real. It's just, for, it's just for hype. It's just for publicity. It's just this or that. And people are going down there and experiencing God in a real way. And they're going, no, look, this is real. This isn't something that somebody just made up. This is real. And uh, the presence of God is changing people's lives. And, and how it all started was there was, a, there was a chapel service. I don't know if it was in the morning or in the evening. But there was a, a, a remnant of students that wanted to seek more of who God is. They wanted more of who he was. And so... They decided that they would just stay after. There was no band. There was no preacher on the stage, no, no message. There wasn't the beautiful pad in the background that enters the presence of the Lord into the room. There was none of that. It was just people that were hungry for more of Jesus that said, we'll give him a little more extra of our day so that he'll meet with us. And, it's, and that's how it all started. It was just a simple beginning. And now there's thousands of people that have come to, the, to Wilmore, Kentucky, wanting to be a part of it. And the people are waiting. I, I wanted to go down there. I wanted to take our kids and go down there. But after I found out that people were waiting for four hours in line just to get into the hall for a few moments. And then they said, look, we, we understand that everybody wants to come, but we're only going to, to take Gen Alpha and Gen Z. We're only going to let those younger people come in because it feels like God's really pouring out his spirit. And I don't know about you, but when you look at our, our youth of today, they need Jesus. Amen? They need Jesus. I experience it every Wednesday night that there, there's a hunger for more of Jesus in their life. There's something that's in, down deep inside of them that's crying out for more of him. And he is pouring out his spirit on them. And I am so excited about that today. But it actually got me thinking, like, like I said, I, was, I wanted to go down there. And, and when I thought that, trying to look at you know, how far it was to go down there and, and what it would take to get into the room and all that, I, I got to thinking... Like, the Lord just put this in me, but do I have to be there for me to experience revival? Do I have to be in that spot to have an experience with God that will change me forever? And so I got to thinking, where is, where is revival? What, what does that mean? And, and the Lord just kind of slapped me. That's how the Lord kind of talks to me because I'm kind of stubborn sometimes. But the Lord just kind of slapped me and he was like, do you need to be in a certain place at a particular time to experience the, the life-changing ex- just a presence of the Lord. 
And, and, and it got me thinking about this. Is it only at Asbury's University? Did they do something extra that we haven't done? And that, they, that now that they're experiencing God, could it come here? Can it come here? And like many of you, I've prayed this before. I've prayed, God, would you send revival to the Riverbend area? Would you send revival to Abundant Church? Would you send revival to the students? Would you, would you, my prayer has been for five years that God would set a fire Alton High School and the high schools and middle schools around this area, that God would birth something in students that would, that would spread like wildfire. And I've said that. And when I say, Lord, send revival, it, it reminds me of this song. It's by Hillsong, and it's called Lord, Send Revival. And the bridge goes like this. Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. A move of your spirit. Heaven, break out. Come now in power and cover this land like you've done it before. Would you do it again? And I don't know about you, but that's my prayer this morning. And it kind of got me thinking about that when, I, when it says, Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. I have three little kids. One, I have, my boy is eight years old. His name is Josiah. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, Evie Joe, and uh, a, a, a one-and-a-half-year-old, Rayleigh. And how many of you are the middle child in the room today? Y'all are crazy. I just want you to know <laughs> that you guys are crazy, all right? Evie Joe has a personality. We'll put it that way, right? And I don't know about all the other parents in the room. Maybe you can relate with this today, but... My kids don't listen the first time I ask them to do something. I, I know it may just be our, our kids, but my kids don't listen the first time. I wish that they would. I pray that they would, but they don't sometimes. And so, so uh, not mostly me all the time, but Becca has to tell Josiah. No, I'm kidding. I do too. Josiah, hey, go put on your shoes. And in my mind, he's heard me. We're, in, we're, we're able to, you know, we're close enough that he can hear me. And he knows that he has to get ready to go out the door for school or whatever it is. And he has to get his shoes on to do that. But when I come back upstairs and he has not put his shoes on, there's a frustration that rises up within me, right? And I'm like, Josiah, go put your shoes on now, right? And I'm sure that Becca has done this too. And Evie Jo is a very uh, receptive personality. And, and so now what she does is that when we get after Josiah, she thinks that she needs to be mommy too. And she goes, Josiah, do it now like that. And I wonder, I wonder if we could do that with the Lord too. But here's the question. Can we ask the Lord to send it? Will he send it? Is it already here? And the question of the day is where is revival? Where is it? It is. You're right. But don't give away the sermon yet, all right? <laughs> but here's the thing is that we've all had experiences with God before. We've all had those moments with God where we feel like we're so close to him we, we feel like there's been something. Maybe you've asked the Lord into your life, and it was, it was like a brand new beginning. And if you haven't, you'll have the opportunity to do that today. But there are moments in our lives that we just go, man, that was incredible. Maybe it was at a church service. I know that there's been times when I've just poured out my tears for God because I just felt so close to him. His presence was so real. It was so tangible that I just had these awesome mountaintop moments with God. And those are great, but you don't have those every single day. You don't have those moments every single day. But the thing is, is that most of us have had those, and it's, it's a personal revival of our soul. It's not corporate like we're seeing at Asbury, but it's a personal revival of who we are on the inside. And so I just want to go through a few things today on how can we position our lives? How can we, how can we move ourselves into an area that we can experience revival? How do we position ourselves, our lives, 
for revival. And the first one today is repent. Repent. We don't talk about this anymore. And that, in fact, that's how the revival started at Asbury. They had a group of, 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 small, of, of students that came and said, we want to spend more time with God. And then there was another student that said, man, I'm really feeling convicted about things in my life. And so he started to confess and repent of the things that he was doing that he knew was wrong. And the students, after they, they, they had that moment, they were interviewed and they said, that's when the change in the atmosphere happened. You see, when God says, when he feels someone's spirit go, man, there is something that I've done that's not pleasing to God. I want that thing out of my life. That's when God, that's when you put yourself in a position to receive the reviving spirit of God that will set you on fire for him and bring you alive on the inside. It's when we repent and we don't talk about this anymore. We don't talk about it because we found a balance between getting away with things and still being a Christian. We, we, we talk about how we can walk a thin line and say, well, that thing really isn't, it's not bad. It's not really good for me, but it's not bad. So I can still do that thing and still be called a Christian. And that's what we, that's what we do. We, we, we have these things in our life that we're like, yeah, I know I need to give this up or I need to do this or that motive was wrong or whatever, but we still are Christians. I still come to church and I feel good on Sunday morning, but then when I leave here, my life has not changed from the inside out. And there will be no repentance if there's no conviction. There will be no repentance if there's no conviction in your life. When was the last time? When was the last time that I, that you, that we, that this church, we really took time in our quiet time that we are supposed to have every day. And we say, God, would you search my heart would you search my mind? Would you search me and see if there's something that doesn't look like you? And if you find it, would you bring it to my attention and repent? I'll repent of those things, but there will be no repentance if there's no conviction. And God will not convict you unless you ask him to. Amen. He will not convict you unless you ask him to. And when was the last time that we did that? Second Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some would, call, would, would count slowness, but he is patient towards you. Come on, if, if you're glad that the Lord is patient with you, I know he's patient with me. If he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That's God's heart for you, is that you reach repentance, that you say, God, I want to turn from the things that I used to do, and I want to be made new in you and go towards the things of God. That's what true repentance is. Second Chronicles seven fourteen it says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. How many of you think that we need some healing in our land today? We do. We need healing in our land. We need God to come and forgive us of our sins and heal our land. John, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that we're like filthy rags without Jesus. We're like filthy rags without him. Because Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood for us, his blood now covers our filthiness, our unrighteousness, and in God's eyes, we are made clean because of what Jesus did. 
And that's the, basic, that's the basic gospel right there, is that we are unclean, we are made of flesh, we do things that we shouldn't do, and Jesus died so that he could shed his blood and that God would see us as righteous. But we don't get that if we don't confess our sins and repent of them. Right. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that's in set in front of us. You see, you can't do this on your own. You can't do it in your own strength this morning. You, if you do, you will grow weary. You will grow weary at some point. If you say, I can do these things and get away with it and still be a Christian, at some point you're going to grow weary in doing those things because you don't have God coming behind you and saying, listen, if you get rid of these weights in your life that are holding you down and slowing you up, God will give you the endurance to run the race that he has set before you. And that race is the most exciting, challenging adventure that you will ever experience in your entire life. And it is filled with things that you have to lay down, but it is also filled with things that are so good and so, so amazing that God wants to do through you. I, 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 I marvel sometimes at the things that the Lord has done through this person right here. I know every fault. I know everything that I've done wrong, and God still chooses to use me, and he can use you this morning. So number one is repent. Number two is total abandonment. God wants us to give everything to him. Jesus is not asking for anything less than what he gave for you, and he gave his all. He gave his life for you, and all he wants in return is all of you. That's it. He wants all of you. He wants you to turn it all over to him today. In Matthew 6, 24 through 25, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, if anybody would follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, for God's sake, will find it. See, it's not the way that the world works. The world works like, I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to put me first. I'm going I'm to trample on whoever I need to get there. No, God's way of doing things is, no, you lay down your life. You pick up my cross. You pick up the burden of my cross, and you follow me as hard as you can. You give up everything. In Matthew 19, 17 through 21, this is talking about the rich young ruler. And it says, and he said to him, why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Uh, number 19 is honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all these things. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go and sell all of your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Verse 22. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful because he knew he had great possessions. I wonder today if you have ever left church or left the presence of God. I wonder if I have ever left church or left the presence of God and went away a little bit sorrowful because we knew that God had asked us to give something up or to do something and we didn't do it. I know I have found myself there before where God has asked us to let go of something and he's told us to get that out of our life and we didn't and we walked away from his presence sorrowful because we didn't. Come on now, that's, that's what we need to think about today. What is it that we are willing to give up that's comfortable for us? that we have to give up 
to know who Jesus is and to, to have revival. So the first one, re, uh, repent. Number two is total commit or abandonment. Number three is live out revival in your everyday life. Live it out in everything that you do. Here's a great example. Romans 12, 9 through 21, it says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give, uh, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. 19, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, and by doing so, you will reap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Come on, that is what it means to live out revival in your lives. So where is it? We still have that question. Where is revival? Here's what I believe this morning. I believe that revival is not something that we are just waiting here to happen to us, but it is something that we pursue with our lives and we find it within desperate hunger for God. We find it with a desire to know more of him. Here's just a quick definition of revival, an instance of something becoming popular again, active again, or important again. The word revival literally means renewal or awakening. It is impossible. Listen to me, church. It is impossible to revive something that's never existed there. And what I mean by that is that when you were born, God put something on the inside of you that when you came in contact with his presence, when you came into contact with who he is, it lights up on the inside of you and you go, man, there's something different about this. There's something that I've never felt before. And that's God reviving the dead part of you on the inside. He's reviving the spirit of what what used to be. It is impossible to to revive something that never existed. Here's the thing, is that the same life-changing presence of God is in this room, just like it is at Asbury University or any other place on earth. And I believe that God is not just pouring out his his presence and his spirit in Kentucky right now, but to any group that is willing to say, God, we want you more than anything. We are hungry. We are thirsty for more of you, Jesus. And that has to come from us. We have to stir up that desire. It's our desire and our hunger that catches the the attention of the Father's heart. It's not when the worship team plays our favorite song. It's not when the temperature of the room is just right. It's not when we have all of the programs in a church that we need to have or that someone says that we needed to have. It, It comes when we desire God more than we desire our next breath. It comes when we are hungry for Him that we will say, God, we won't eat until you move. We won't sleep until you move. It's coming with that desire that catches the heart of the Father this morning. It's when we get fed up and we get a little with our, we get fed up with living our mediocre lives and we get a little bit 
of the spirit of Evie Joe that we say we want it now. We want it right now, God. Would you send it here, Jesus? We want it now. Please hear me when I say this. Jesus is not coming back for a church anything less than what he started it with. He's not coming back for a church that it is that looks anything less like it did when he started. He wants a church that is full of power. Full of power. He started with a church that cast out the devil. He started with a church that healed the sick and cared for the brokenhearted. And he's not coming back for a church that's anything less than that. He started with a church that lived their lives guided by the Holy Spirit and not by what they wanted. Hear me when I say that. They were led by the Holy Spirit and not but what they wanted. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the world right now. The world would say that, that the church is down for the count, that we're on the mat, and I say no to that. God can switch something around in a moment. And you can think that we're down and out this morning, but I'm here to tell you today that God will pour out his spirit like he said he would do in the last days, and we will see a mighty harvest come to us, come to Jesus because of it. It won't be because of anything that we did, but that God saw hungry people and decided to pour out his spirit on those people. He's coming back for a church that is anointed and filled with power. The power that raised God for Jesus from the dead is in you today. It was always in you. It's always been in you. But it's when we choose to say, I want to exercise my life out of those things instead of what I want and what my motives are. It's when we say, God, I want you more than anything. I want you more than anything. I want you for my, my life. I want you for my family. I want you for my church. And there's a remnant of young people that are understanding that now, that they are fed up with things that, that aren't real. They're fed up with things that just pacify them for right now. And they're coming in contact with a real living God that is lighting up something on the inside of them that they're alive for the first time and they're excited about it and I wonder today if we've just grown dormant over the years if there was a time in your life where it was like man I really was on fire for God but I didn't really feel like you know it was a sustainable thing or whatever if God have, has ever done something in your life you have tasted and you have seen that he is good and he'll do it again like he did it before. Just like we sang this morning, you are faithful. Great is your faithfulness. We've seen you be faithful before and we'll see you be faithful again. So as everybody, if you could just stand to your feet this morning. Oh, Jesus, have your way today. First of all, I just wanna ask if there's anyone in the room this morning that you just feel like God is, he's pulling at your heartstrings. He's pulling at you. Maybe you have had in the past something that, that, that you did have an experience with Jesus. Maybe you don't even know who Jesus is. Someone brought you here this morning and you're just like, man, I'm hungry for something. I didn't know that it was for Jesus, but I'm, I'm hungry for something real. Today is your day. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? If you're just saying, man, I want to give my life to Jesus today for the very first time, or if you want to give your life, there's one right there. If you want to give your life back to Jesus, that there was a moment when you were on fire for him. There's another one right there. There's another. When you were on fire for him, and you just say, man, I haven't been living the way that I'm supposed to be. Is that, if that's you today, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand this morning. Come on, can we all pray this prayer together? Dear Lord Jesus, 
Forgive us of our sins. Help us to repent and turn towards the things of you. Help us to live out revival. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And I give my all to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the other thing today. Yes, come on, give, a, give some praise to the Lord for that this morning. Thank you, Lord. Here's the second thing, that you love Jesus, but you want revival. Come on, you want revival. Would you just lift both hands to heaven today and let's just ask God, God, would you fill Abundant Church? Would you fill the river bend with revival, Jesus? Would you fill our hearts with revival that you would awaken something that has gone dormant in Christians and in this area, Father, that the enemy has no, he has no... Uh, dominion here. He has no control here. He has no authority here. Lord, that your name would be lifted high, that you would be made famous in the Riverbend area, God, that your revival would break out, God, that we would see miracles again, that we would see what your church used to be, Father, that we would see people be healed, that we would see people come to know you, God, that we would see people's lives be lived out and guided by the Holy Spirit, God. Lord, we ask that you would send it here, God, to every church on, on Humber Road and in this, in this community, Father, would you send revival to those churches that you would, you would shake them and shake us and wake us up to you, God, that we would be revived again, that we would be awakened to who you are again, God. Lord, it's the cry of our hearts. It's the cry of our hearts, Jesus. Oh, God, we love you so much. Lord, we will be we will be revived, Father. If it's not a corporate thing individually, God, we will wake up and we will read your word. We will spend time with you, Jesus. We will be revived on the inside and let it spread through this, this region, Father. Jesus, we thank you and we love you so much, God. It's in your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Would you give God some praise this morning? Thank you, Jesus.